is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. is gonna be great <laughs> good day everyone who is tuning in to this uh i had said i think last week how busy this month was gonna be in the, in the past few weeks it's been cray it's been even more busy than i could even comprehend so let's just run down some stuff uh this past saturday which was really exciting uh, we, I was in a parade, my first parade, uh, Point North Church had a, a float, uh, I had a band on there, and me, Chuck, Errol, so guitar, drums, bass, power trio, with my vocals playing guitar, you know, um, it was a whole lot of fun, it was really cool going down uh, Main Street, and just, it's, the whole town was there, it was, it was awesome, and there were so many cool floats that I got to see go by, whatever. Um, didn't get to see all of them. I was number 44, the float, and I think there was like 90-some. They did it up big here. It was really good. But here's the crazy part. The most beautiful day you can imagine for a parade here in South Carolina. About 72 degrees, sunny, amazing, all day long. Not a cloud in the sky. And at 6 o'clock, when the parade starts rain it just starts raining now i say it starts pouring people are like well you're being dramatic well, listen i happen to be on a float with a bunch of electrical equipment lights guitars amps speakers it was pouring all right so that lasted about 10 minutes and then it let up okay cool now everything's wet but we're still doing it had a little sound issues because of the rain but we're, we're working through it. It's good, right? Um, then, you know what? I, I realized how hard it was. As we're on the float, our driver, by the way, who was pulling the float, was fantastic. His name's Greg. Uh, he did real good not to slam on the brakes or anything like that. But still, the movement, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, playing chords uh, on a guitar, not a problem in movement. But when you're going to do leads, a bit tricky so i'm moving back and forth side to side wobble wobble it's dark there we have lights on the float but it's like it's not illuminating the fretboard that i need so i'm guessing sometimes and then the movement now we got the rain and slippery hands it was there was some bad notes i'm gonna say that there were some awesome notes but there's also some some bad ones sprinkled in a little bit but it was a whole lot of fun, like I said, and uh, a lot of people loved it. We had some new people attend church because they saw us in the parade. It was cool. Now, uh, well, another really cool thing is the guy, the driver, Greg, who's awesome. He said that he had so much fun. He goes, if there was a job where he could just drive around a band playing, that was what would be what he did. He had a good time. So I was like, that's awesome. So it was really good stuff, but that was a full day, Saturday and night, getting all that ready. Then yesterday, 
my daughter Gianna had her wisdom teeth out. So I'd take her early in the morning because she decided to make the appointment to get them done an hour away from where we live when she could have went 15 minutes, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, wisdom teeth out. She wasn't one of those people that are all crazy when they come out, which I was really hoping for because I was hoping to have some video to share with everybody, but no, she was just tired mostly. Today, she is just complaining that her jaw and teeth hurt. And uh, I, here's the thing. When she, they brought her out to me, they said, just give her ibuprofen. She's going to be fine, that type of thing. And then I come to find out today she's in pain. She's like, oh. And then I guess I had prescriptions to fill that I didn't know about. But they didn't say that to me. So, sorry. But maybe toughen up. I don't know. I don't remember getting any... I mean, my knee surgery, I took uh, pain medication for one day, and I'm like, I'm done. We're just going to handle this. Anyways, that's me. But then, so that was during the day. Last night, we had a candlelight vigil here at the church, and this was, was a, kind of a raising awareness for drunk and drugged driving. Uh, families that had um, lost someone to drunk driving were here. We had a speaker. It was a fantastic night. There was a choir playing that I got to talk to the choir director and about doing a worship night with them it's gonna be awesome i'm excited it's gonna be awesome i've i've had it put together for like two years now i just haven't had the choir now we do so that's exciting but funny part during last night is um the the main speaker was giving her testimony about what had happened to her and i just happened like i was running soundboard i got all the mics all that stuff and then I realized, oh, this is a candlelight vigil. I'm going to have to dim these lights pretty soon. But I didn't have the laptop to control the lights. So Jim, who was next to me, I'm like, I need the laptop. And he was like, where is it? So I'm trying to explain to him. He goes, gets it, hands it over to me. I get it set up. Like I log in. And then she goes, as we dim the lights, oh, and I was able to boop, bring it all down right on time. They didn't even know I was unprepared. But we got it. It worked out. But uh, that candlelight visual was, was powerful. It was good. I think we need to do... It wasn't our thing at the church. It was here. They asked to use this place. But I think we need to promote it to get more people. Because it's it was a, a really good thing for more people to listen to. Anyways, uh, today, as we're going continuing the busy week, I have uh, this that I'm doing right now. The Devo. Which takes a little time to... Edit, get up, all that stuff. That's it's a thing. Obviously, I got to go drop off the um, the prescriptions for Gianna. But then I'm going to be smoking my first turkey for this afternoon. I have my small group party tonight, Christmas party, white elephant gift exchange, that whole thing. So there's a lot going into that. I'm going to be old spatchcocking the uh, the turkey, which sounds dirty, but it's not. I'm cutting out the old backbone splitting it open smoking it that way brined it last night gonna be injecting it with a little butter and herbs um, i'm hoping it's gonna be great tomorrow per usual we have a rehearsal for sunday night for sunday morning i mean and that's that's a process and i got to get everything into the computer so it's a whole day affair and then Prepping for the next night, which is Pop Stars, Popcorn, and PJs. Or it could be Popcorn, PJs, and Pop Stars. I don't know. There's three P's, and it's Pop 
stars, PJs, and popcorn in some order. And what we're doing is we're using the stage and doing Christmas karaoke. And then we got a movie playing for the kids in the back. It's for the volunteers. It's going to be a great time. I am going to be singing Mariah Carey's famous All I Want for Christmas. Because everybody was worried, oh, you just want to do karaoke because you can sing. And I went, look, I'm going to be doing a song I can't sing. So what do we think about that? It's going to be good. We're going to hopefully get that video for, to share. Uh, so that's going to happen Friday night. Saturday night, we have grills and guns for the guys. Guys, grills, and guns. We have a lot of things where we put different letters and rhyme them or something. Um, so we're all going to be grilling out meat, shooting guns, having a good time that Saturday. Sunday, of course, is uh, Sunday service. And then later that night, I have the Christmas party for the youth. Woo! Packed. Packed full of stuff. But enough about my busy week. Enough. Most of you probably don't even care about my busy week, which is hurtful. But it's the truth. I can accept it. So let's get to the Devo time. Now, I said a couple weeks ago we would be going over Christmas songs, explaining the meanings, you know, different things like that. So last week was Joy to the World. We found out uh, that that song actually isn't about the birth of Jesus. It's about the second coming of Christ. And it's not really a Christmas song at all, but we use it at Christmas. So that was exciting. I gave you some information about that, who wrote it, like how you can use it in a conversation to plant seed and water it. Other people sharing the gospel. It's good stuff. This week, I want to talk about O Tannenbaum or the English translation, O Christmas Tree. You may be wondering, you know, you're like, I wondered. Like, what is the difference between O Tannenbaum and O Christmas Tree? Because they sound exactly the same, like the music. But usually when I hear O Tannenbaum, it's an instrumental. It's like a jazz instrumental. Um, but then it was only recently where I was like, oh, that's the German translation, Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum is actually German for fir tree. So we just really hear the, the English version. And I did. I was like, I don't even know if I've actually even heard the real German version. But so I pulled it up on the old YouTube and heard a choir sing it in German. And I was like, yeah, sounds like a Christmas tree with just different words. Anyway, it was written in 1824 by Leipzig, an organist, teacher, and composer. No, by Leipzig organist. I don't know what a Leipzig organ is. Teacher and composer Ernest and shoots. And as I said earlier, a Tannenbaum is a, a fir tree, kind of tree. And the lyrics don't actually refer to Christmas or describe a decorated Christmas tree. Although I would beg to differ. When I, when I go through the lyrics, I'm like, I mean, it kind of is. So we have this song, which I think is about a Christmas tree, because we'll go over why, but... Um, but we, but what it is, but what's the history of the Christmas tree specifically for Christmas, right? Is it just a pagan ritual and Christians should steer clear of it? Well, 
there are different explanations and views of the Christmas tree. And I'm going to talk about a few of the like origin stories of this Christmas tree, this decorated thing that we, uh, we have come to know and accept into our Christmas culture. All right, so first there's the original Egyptian origin, organ, origin, organ. What kind of a, have an Egyptian organ over here? No, it's like I said, origin story. So many authorities believe that the true origins come from ancient Egypt, like a lot of things do. Uh, Bill McLean writes, on December 21st, the shortest day of the year, ancient Egyptians decorated their homes with green palm branches to symbolize life's triumph over death. So that could be like the first time that you were using trees to decorate time thing. And it was, it was, uh, you know, palm branches. Seems like a bit of a stretch, but okay. That's just one explanation that we have. Number two. Now here's the fun. It's the St. Boniface, Boniface origin. So during the eighth century, St. Boniface, an English missionary in Germany, a lot of things happen in Germany for some reason when it comes to the Christmas tree. Um, he happened upon an oak tree where religious ceremony was being performed for their god Thor. Now, here's where I have issues with this theory because I thought Thor was a Greek god thing. And I, we all know the comic book Thor, but it's like the god of thunder. And I don't know. It just seems like like Thor wouldn't be an oak, like a, uh, an oak tree God, but this is what it says. So they were performing a ceremony for the God Thor. So Boniface, who was a Christian, you know, missionary coming to Germany, he took an ax to the oak tree and the tree fell and it destroyed everything in its path, except a small fir tree sapling. When Thor didn't strike him down for doing that, he pointed his own, his new pagan converts to the fir tree as a symbol of Christian God's everlasting love. And a year later, the same converts came and celebrated their new faith by decorating the fir tree as well as evergreens. And the story ties in neatly with the pagan roots of the tree worship with today's traditional use of the evergreen and if you're going to use a fir tree or whatever. So, so he chopped down this oak tree because they're their god of oak tree i don't know it was weird but there's been a lot of idol worship that's weird to begin with i mean in the bible when moses went up the mountain and then everybody is like let's take all the gold and melt it down and make a cow like that's weird too so who am i to say people do weird things but anyways so he saw they're like worshiping this oak tree for their god and he's like mm, check this out i'm gonna chop it down and nothing's gonna happen to me he chops it down it destroys everything except for this one fir tree. And he's like, see, God, I don't know. It's this weird thing. And then they're like, you know what? He's right. A, a true God of oak trees would definitely kill him for chopping down his tree. So it kind of seems like a pretty easy way to knock down that idol, but uh, that's what they say happens. I don't know. So that's the St. Boniface origin. All right. <clears throat> also, another one is the paradise tree origin. So during the 12th century... December 24th had become the feast day of Adam and Eve and the Paradise Play, which shared the story of their creation, sin, banishment, and God's forgiveness. 
that was performed during the celebration. So the one prop consistently used was an evergreen fir adorned with bright red apples. The tree was known as the paradise tree. That's the tree that God said you can have, you can eat from any tree except for this one, the tree of good life, the life, you know, that whole thing. So they're, they're doing a play about it. So in 1419, a baker's guild in Freiburg, Germany, like again, I said everything happens in Germany for some reason when it comes to these trees, is reported to have displayed a paradise tree decorated with apples and wafers and tinsel and gingerbread. This was in 1419. Um, this is possibly the first open display of what had come to be known as the Christmas tree. The first Christmas tree, as we have come to know it, might have been the creative genius of the Baker's Guild of 1419, but it did not magically just appear. The history of the Christmas tree is more sordid than that, surrounded by mythology, ancient rituals, and deeper connection between human and nature. So this is just another origin story. Could be. I don't know if we're ever going to know. But then the last one I want to talk about is the Martin Luther origin story, right? So history tells us that Luther was out walking in the German forest. Hey, we're in Germany again. Uh, and he was looking... Um, so he was out in the German forest one evening looking for a little sapling to bring home for Christmas. It was dark before he knew it, and he began to pray for direction. Looking up, the stars seemed to shine brightly for him and helped him light his way home. Thankful to be safe and grateful to God for the star that not only helped him find his way in the dark, but also led the wise men to Bethlehem. He decided to decorate his tree with lights. His family gathered around to see his little tree was not hanging from the ceiling but was planted in a pot on the table with candles attached to the branches. Now, we don't know if this is the complete truth, but we know that um, there are two ancient examples of people determining that the tree pointed to the creator. So that is another interesting thing. The tree kind of is shaped like an arrow pointing to God. And this is kind of what Martin Luther was using the saplings for. I don't know. I've done a lot of research on this in the last week, and uh, nobody can say this is exactly fact. So these are just a bunch of different origin stories. Now, if we look at the lyrics for our Christmas tree, now I'm, I'm I was going to go over it in the English translation because we speak English, but here's what happens when I so I got the lyrics for uh, O Tannenbaum in German. And it says, O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum. We trust in den, den Blatter, den Grusnisch, Nusch, Nusch, Zammerzit. It's like, I can't sing it without being, like, aggressive. But the O Christmas Tree, English version, you could be like, O Christmas Tree, O Christmas Tree, how lovely are your branches. Sing that again, and then, not only green in summer's heat, but also winter snow and sleet. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, how lovely are your branches. Now, I have never just looked at a Christmas tree or an evergreen, a fir tree, whatever it is, and be like, that is gorgeous. Now, if you're looking out over a forest, you're up high, like somewhere with a good view, you could be like, that is beautiful. But just straight up looking at a tree, I've never been like, at an evergreen or whatever, be like, that is a gorgeous tree. Maybe some have, but that and that's fine, but just not me. Second verse, verse it says, Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, of all the trees most lovely. So then I started thinking, is the evergreen or fir tree or whatever it is the most beautiful tree? Now, I feel like I'm going to take a palm tree over it any day. And also, there's 
the angel oak tree here, which is gigantic and huge. I think that that's a good looking tree. It's got some good qualities. Also, the big redwoods, that's an amazing tree. I mean, it's gigantic. I don't know. I just, I don't know if it, the, the fir or the evergreen is the most lovely. And then it says, of all the trees most lovely, each year you bring us delight. We brightly shining Christmas light. See, it's so the English version does say Christmas. So when I first said, I mean, when I was doing some research, it said, oh, Christmas tree actually doesn't talk about a Christmas tree. It kind of does because it says it right there in the English version. Um, then uh, the, the, the last verse, it said, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, we learn from all your beauty. What are we learning? What are we learning from the tree? I don't think I've learned anything from that. Uh, your bright green leaves with festive cheer give hope and strength throughout the year. Maybe there's somebody who is really down and they look at the tree and they're like, you know what? You're giving me strength and you're giving me hope, Christmas tree. I mean, the season could give you hope because this is that's what the season is about. Hope that the Savior would be born, which he was. So, OK, maybe I can go out a limb on you. See, a limb like the tree. Ha! <laughs> But then it ends again, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, we learn from all your beauty. I don't know. It's just, I'm not learning much from it. Not from the tree. But regardless, as we wrap up, if we like the Christmas tree, we don't like Christmas trees, we don't believe it's a Christian thing, we do believe it's a Christian thing. As we can see, there's there was some Christian origin stories that of why things happened, right? So we could we could say that it is, right? Um, but we do know who is worthy of our worship and praise because he came so long ago and gave himself a ransom for our sin. And we look to Jesus as the only one who is worthy for our worship and praise. We don't worship the Christmas tree. We shouldn't. We definitely shouldn't. We worship the one who created the tree and one that gave his life on a tree that we might live with him forever. So that's kind of what I have today. Hope in I wasn't, this wasn't too convoluted and weird. It's, it was a lot to, to research and try to put in here. And because if I really wanted to explain each origin story, it was going to take about a half hour per. So I'm trying to condense, give you the main points, the bullets, so that you can get some of that knowledge. And the, so let's just say last week, I talked about joy to the world. You went, you told a friend, and then this week, you'd be like, you're never going to guess this. Oh, Christmas tree. What do you know about that? And he's like, and then they might be like, oh, let me guess. Jesus. And you'd be like, no, but it could be something to do with Christianity. And then, but we're still talking and then you're relating. Remember, like, so this is still a good thing. We can, this is the part two of your conversation. This is watering. You know, you use that last thing that I said, we don't worship the Christmas tree. We worship the one who created the Christmas tree. The one who died on a tree for us to forgive our sins. You say that to them, they be like, what do you mean on a tree? What do you mean? Because Now we go into that story. So water, watering the seed that was planted last week. Hope you like it. I'm a little unsure if I was clear. Hopefully I was. And uh, yeah, you have a great week and I'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.